Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Wizard World Lorecast. Join us as we take a deep dive into the lore of the fantastical world of the Harry Potter universe. Welcome back, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and always with me, as usual, is my other awesome co-host, Nina Kitty. Hey, I like that new intro. Th- sounds really good. It does sound good, right? It's good. Freaking awesome. <laughs> Found some royalty-free yeah. music, and it's like, this sounds epic. Um, Ooh, it's so good. And uh, joining us again this week is our awesome supporter, Bat Knight. Hello there. Bringing t- two fandoms combined in- into one. I mean, let's be honest. Harry Potter is just a suckier version of Star Wars. Have you heard that video too? <laughs> yes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it, there's a video a comedian that literally just makes the comparisons, and it's like, oh my god, th- th- what? It's, <laughs> it's so yeah. frightening. It is. It's um, such a good trope to have for any type of fantasy, though. Is that line? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That but is true. This one in Star Wars definitely line up a little too good. Yeah, and I, you know, I I'm in both. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You just you just have your own favorite kind of thing you like, right? And obviously, it's a orphan boy <laughs> <laughs> with a stick of some sort. <laughs> uh, okay, that can. Okay, I'm not. I'm gonna stop it right there. The um, protagonist. <laughs> I know way too much about this. I've seen that video so many times. But um, this week we are going again rehashing an older topic that I did um back before Nina joined the show and. Uh, since we are changing the dynamic of the show, why not revisit it? But before yeah. we get into the topic at hand, which is dueling for everybody, if you haven't seen the title of the episode, um, we have to we have to talk about the news. If you don't know what I'm yeah. talking about, Universal finally, finally, officially announced their third theme park, Universal. Uh, or it's called Epic Universal. That's what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. Which is super exciting because we we've known about it. They, they reported it. They they like semi announced it and like, hey, there's things going to be happening. We're adding new stuff. But they finally actually did a legitimate video. They are showcased the five new parks they're adding to the third park. The five themes they're doing. So. Really, it's like, so the first one you go into is called uh, Celestial, if I recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is going to be based on the constellations and the stars, and you deal with Kronos, which, and then you go through these different portals throughout the park to go into different themes. They have the Celestial Park. They have um, How to Train Your Dragon, um, Dark Pictures. So they're bringing back all the the Universal Monsters, which is super exciting. Um, I forget they have another original park as well, which I can't think of on the top of my head. Um, if either of you know it, oh, I, okay, I know they were doing the Wizarding World. They were mm-hmm. doing the the one that got me excited was the focus on the Universal Monsters. Yep, they're doing Universal uh, Monsters. Because yeah, big monster fan. Like so, uh, you know the Dracula, Frankenstein, um, mm-hmm. Wolfman, Wolfman, my, my favorite. I almost said a werewolf, but uh, I knew that's not the name. No. They're doing the How to Train Your Dragon one as well. Yep. Yep. That one's got my wife excited. Oh, I'm so pumped for that. And then I mentioned I mentioned the last time I was here, any and all things dragon. 
And then right. Helios, I'm not sure if you said Helios. Helios, oh, wait. That, yeah. Helios is the one I, I was missing. But then also the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which is yeah. going back to the... So it is... We, I've, we've known about it and we've talked about it on the show. Um, mm-hmm. But the, it is going to be set in the 1920s Paris, France. So part of the Fantastic Beasts storyline to where you get to visit that. But they are adding a new theme... Um, theme ride so each park in the wizard world so you have the hogwarts castle as a ride when you go to diagon alley you have the gringotts which has its own ride well for the wizard world for paris france you get transported through the flu network to the ministry of magic which is going to be its own yeah. ride which is super exciting um mm-hmm. and each- I imagine that's going to be like the gringotts bank ride um, yeah well i, I so i haven't that. written i've only written the hogwarts ride because that's the only ride they had when i went i did Gringotts. um i haven't been able to do gringotts since i haven't been there in a decade so i haven't been there since they expanded it but yeah they um they're adding a whole bunch of new things to it like they will have a monument uh so how you go into the park you go through the arch in paris and it literally will transport you into the wizarding world part mm-hmm. of france so you'll get to, and apparently there's um you can see footage of them building it um of the there's a big monument with a hand with the elder wand mm-hmm. and it's supposedly each park is going to have its own unique monument to showcase where it's located so you can figure out where you're going um yes. and they're also before i forget they're adding Super uh, Super Nintendo Land. This is the park where we'll have Super Nintendo Land. Yes, yes, it will. That, that was the because uh, that was that's the that's and let's be honest. That's actually the main reason they built they're building a third park is because Super Nintendo Land. <laughs> because they were added so it and it. and you, um, it was they made it in Hollywood Universal, and it was part of the main mm-hmm. park, but with how. Universal Florida is set up. They would they actually had to build an entire new area, um, outside of the premises that they normally have. So that's why they have to do it on a different side. So you can't ride a Hogwarts Express train, sadly, to the new Wizarding World. But it's okay. That's unfortunate. It that's is okay. They'll make up with it. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. But super exciting news. Um, and best part, it gets released and opens next year. <laughs> and if you haven't... So if we'll you, be up by the time I have to go. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm go- So plan is, uh, I'm doing a Universal trip this year. Next year, I'll do Disney. The following year, I'll go back to Universal to do all the new stuff. That way, the hype is down. So it's not going to mm-hmm. be super crowded. I had to do that with I did that with Galaxy's Edge because everybody swarmed to Galaxy's Edge when it first opened. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in that crowd. But anyway, that's <laughs> that's the, the, the big news that we had for this episode for Universal and the Wizarding World and everything. Super exciting stuff. I can't not wait to see the new merch they're going to be adding. And yeah, it's 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 insane because if you go and watch the videos of them like building everything. It's crazy. They're like quarter way, like done built. Like there's rides being tested already. Yes. Like it's insane on how fast Where, they're building. Where's that job rushing. application? Yeah, right. It's called that industrial engineering. <laughs> it's called a bachelor's degree or a master's degree in industrial engineering, and a lot well, of luck. <laughs> I don't have time for that. No. All right. No. Nobody got time for that. Uh, but uh, let's get right into today's episode, which we are going over dueling. So, yeah. as a quick summary of dueling. So, dueling is a formal practice in the wizarding culture in which two or more wizards or witches engage in combat under the conditions that only magical means could be used. So, you can't use fisticuffs. I am sorry. That's not a thing. Fisticuffs. But you can apparently use weapons. No. Okay. Well, you can use magical weapons if you make them. <laughs> I think like, I'm, just, that I'm, I'm alluding to I'm alluding the, to, to the goblins, legacy. like the goblins yeah, yeah. using weapons. I mean, they're goblins, though. They're not wits, wit, witch or wizards. So at least you're not smacking those, people with those, a glove and saying, "I'm dueling you." 
You could. Kind of like they did way back when. You could, though. I think they should. I think it's proper etiquette to smack somebody with a glove and then throw it on the ground to say this is now a duel, but I'm just old-fashioned. Be careful not to fall into that Robin Hood men in tights thing. Oh, that's great. Ooh, Use a metal gauntlet. Love it. Use a metal gauntlet, yes. yes. So uh, the combatants faced each other and bowed as a sign of respect before they placed themselves in a accepted combat combative position and at the count of three attempted to disarm stun injure defeat or kill each other in order to force submission unless a winner would be decided dueling also existed as a sport in the same way that fencing is a sport in the Mongol world outside of actual combat it could be turned into a friendly sporting competition yeah. which you know any form of fighting can Almost any form of fighting can be considered a competition. Yeah, yeah there you go. It's like, not, not all, but some. Mm, I had mm-hmm. to think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Wrestling, mm-hmm. boxing, self-defense classes. Oh, yeah. Jousting. Lightsaber dueling. Yeah. See? Which I follow. That is, and that is, a, that is a sport in France. Just saying. I love that. Good um, for them. So, with dueling, there's a lot of history with dueling. So, mm-hmm. sometime before 1984, a room was set aside at Hogwarts Castle to allow students to practice dueling. The marks of the walls and various spells were left as visible reminders of the dangers associated with the practice. Dueling outside of this environment was strictly forbidden in the grounds for expulsion. Mm-hmm. So, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> during the 1984 <laughs> to 85 no. school year, uh, Jacob Sibling and uh, Marula Snide... Uh, were caught dueling over Mola's bullying of Ben Cooper. They had previously learned how to duel from the secret dueling book found in the artifact room. In response, Albus Dumbledore formed the Hogwarts Dueling Club under the supervision of Professor Flitwick and Jacob Sibling's head of house to allow students to practice in a safe and supervised environment. The club presumably ended sometime before 1992. And this is that was a good club. It is a good club, and this is how they mm-hmm. introduced like the dueling me- game me- mechanic for the game itself. Um, yeah. They did it through an update. And it's like, oh, dueling's becoming a problem. Hey, this here we're gonna have this, and then hey, now it's a game mechanic where you can duel other players that you normally don't interact with because Hogwarts Mystery is a single player game. So was it like a PvP or was it mm-hmm. strictly NPCs? It's it was P- a PvP. It's PvP. Oh. It's the only time where you have PvP uh, in the game. Interesting. Well, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And then uh, during the 1990 to 91 school year at Hogwarts, Professor uh, Cuthbert Ben had the seventh year history of magic research famous in historical duels for his class, with his students having to research the subject in the Hogwarts library library and then produce a written essay in class Nah, homework oh yeah no one likes that there's always homework essays always essays want to write about it what yeah well i mean you kind of have to learn much like how you study uh like wars and armies and tactics that way if you want to be good at being a general so True. I'm going to choose to look at it as like the wizarding equivalent of a samurai. You have to be like, you know, able to write a haiku. Yeah. <laughs> <A> haiku. <laughs> haiku. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so during the 92-93 school year, Albus Dumbledore allowed the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, Gildalori Lockhart, to start a dueling club at Hogwarts, perhaps in part because he saw dark times coming in the wizarding world and therefore need uh, need for training students in the art of battle. Professor Lockhart taught the formalities of dueling, bowing, holding the wand in a certain way, and flourishing the wand in the attack. And we the all bowing know... is definitely kind of like fencing. Yes. They do. Yeah. And we all know how that class ended. It's <laughs> like the best. <laughs> we watched him get <laughs> shoved back. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then Harry getting like. Not so okay. good vibes from it too. I guess I guess that's important. I'm just thinking about Lockhart and how oh, it true. ended for him. Of course was, you are. That was exciting. Because he's there's <laughs> no one who who likes Lockhart. I, I, I yeah. don't know many people who like him. No. He's in Hogwarts Mystery, by the way, if anybody wants to know, you can meet him in Hogwarts like uh, mystery. 
And he's as annoying in that game as he is in the film and books. Joyful. Yes. It's a joyful experience. When I first I met him, I was like, please to God, why? Mm. But anyway. I have a joke about the Lockhart, but I can wait for later. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So Harry found himself two years later facing Voldemort in a desperate duel for to the death. Voldemort used the Imperius Curse to force Harry to bow and obey the... Uh, obey the other niceties of dueling. Harry, who had learned to resist the Imperius Curse, used the moment to duck for cover, although he later successfully dueled uh, Voldemort using the one spell he learned from Snape during Dueling Club, the Disarming Charm. Yes. Which is that was his sign, wasn't it? Like his telltale sign was disarming? Yeah. That's how they knew it was him. Mm-hmm. It's sad that when I first saw the movie, because uh, remember I saw those movies I saw the first couple of movies before I started reading the books. It's Mm -hmm. sad that when I first saw the movie, there was a part of me that when Voldemort showed up and he was like, now, now, Harry, we must obey the rules. I'm like, well, I respect that. He's got a code about him. Then I I was like, no, no, he doesn't at all. Then you learned. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the one, like, big thing that the movie doesn't portray from the book is that Harry learned how to resist the Imperius Curse. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, he learned to like freaking resist it by Voldemort's own subordinate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, kind of like, oh crap, I did this to myself. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's later in the series. That's how Harry was like, how they noticed Harry out of all the Potters during, um, the movement of Harry, the beginning of Deathly Hollows, the foretell sign was because Harry doesn't he doesn't go for the kill. He always mm-hmm. th- does disarming or stuns. Yes. So the following year, Harry began teaching dueling techniques as part of the Defense Against the Dark Arts student organization, Dumbledore's Army. He started off easily with practicing the disarming charm that he told the group specifically a disbelieving Zachariah Smith that the charm actually saved his life during his first duel with Lord Voldemort. Mm -hmm. Which is true. In the freaking... um, You don't see it because it's in the books. um, But the, like... I, I can just imagine Zacharias, like, mouth wide open... When he's like, oh, <laughs> that spell saved you? What? My character in Hogwarts Legacy, that was my opening uh, combo as well, was Expelliarmus. Mm-hmm. I especially dug the fact that you could upgrade it to where once you've knocked something out of their hand, you can then grab it and hit them with it if mm-hmm. it was you know, an actual weapon. I had way too much fun with that. <laughs> my awesome. kids, because my wife and I were both playing the game at about the same time, and my kids would sit here and watch when I played, and I asked them why, and they said, Daddy, it's more fun when you play it. You fight more pretty. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? They said, you just do more things. Mommy just does the same couple of moves. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like two different gamers right there. Mm-hmm. 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 So Harry was so successful and instructive as a teacher that some of the students thought he had taught fought or taught fought well against experienced Death Eaters in the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. Uh, Mysteries. Some of them used the same dueling skills against Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle aboard the Hogwarts Express on their way home from Hogwarts. And when they tried to assault Harry, resulting his friends hexing them into looking like a bloated slugs. That's also something that we don't get in the film, which is freaking hysterical. Like, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle go after Harry, try to bully him like they normally do. And Dumbledore's Mm -hmm. army, like, raises up out of their seats and, like, freaking all, like, stun and hex all three of them (laughs) all at once. It's like, oh. (laughs) Maybe you should think twice. (laughs) Harry, uh, you sure you don't want to be the teacher of Defense Against the Dark Arts? You're doing a better job so far. Um, members of Dumbledore's army proved themselves to be valiant duelists in the subsequent battles of the Second Wizarding War, the Battle of Astronomy Tower, Battle of the Seven Potters, and the Climatic Battle of Hogwarts, where many of them even managed to hold their own against seasoned Death Eaters such as Bellatrix Lestrange. 
uh, Professor Flit, uh, Flitius Flitwick was rumored to be a dueling, duel, champion duelist. It is unknown if this is true or not, uh, or if it was, whether he was a champion of some particular competition. Mm. Which is highly hinted that he was, specifically in like Hogwarts Mystery. Uh, like the first like offensive spell you learn is Expelliarmus from Flitwick. And the the way he talks to you about dueling and everything kind of shows and hints like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. This Flitwick's not just like, you know, here to teach standard charms. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's got some experience behind him with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's also uh, a smaller target. I bet he'd be great in a Yeah, duel. his hitbox is much smaller than the average person. Heck yeah, yeah. He's got to be great to do it. Uh, The term warlock originally referred to a wizard who was trained in dueling and martial magic, as well as those who had performed feats of bravery. Bravery. Bravery? Bravery. 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 There's no L. (laughs) Yeah. Words. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the fall of 1995, the ministry was trying to get other countries to sign the International ban of dueling. Percy Weasley, in particular, was working to get the Transylvanians on board. It is uncertain if the type oh. of dueling was the same as the sport variety, or if it was referred to the more lethal pistols at dawn variety of duel. That one, pistols at dawn. Heck yes, you're speaking and my language. Another, and yet another appearance by no one's favorite Weasley. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I learned some fun words to say about him that I won't say on this podcast recently. <laughs> oh God! So that was fun. But anyway, <laughs> fun fact: I could have met him this past year. Oh really? Yeah. So where I live, um, so uh, where I live, we have a uh, Harry Potter themed like fair for like a weekend, uh, once every every year, and. I didn't know this, but like I didn't attend, and I I been wanting to go, but they actually get some like they always get at least two actors from the films to mm-hmm. come in and do autographs and signings and whatnot. And this past year, they had Crab, the actor for Crab, and the actor for Percy. Which one was it? The first or the last Crab actor, or the, not like towards. Uh-huh. Crab? He thought, changed. No, Goyle. Then it was Goyle. Then, or no, it was, was it Crab. Goyle it was the original Crab. I thought both. It was the original okay. Crab. It was original Crab. Okay. But cool. no, like um, no, Crab was in the. It was stayed the same. Goyle was the one that changed. I thought. And they I didn't thought change both of them. So did. But they, they didn't. They they actually didn't like change him. They actually just wrote him off of the, out of the film. Oh. Like they actually didn't change. Like it wasn't Crab and Goyle and like in Deathly Hollows. It was mm-hmm. one, Crab was there, then the other person, uh, the other actor was a completely different character. Right. Who, who's okay. in the books. He Like, his character's in the books. They just wrote... Maybe that's what I'm they getting They just wrote Goyle out of it. Okay. Good to know. So, yeah. yeah. Or I might be mixing up Crab and Goyle. They, they, it was They're one of one them. They're the same. I'm they sorry. Are. <laughs> sorry to say. They are, sad. Thing one and thing two. there you go (laughs) so a full on wizard's duel was uh, something incredible to behold the duel between Dumbledore and Grindelwald in 1945 was legendary and the duel between Dumbledore and Voldemort in the ministry atrium at the climax of the battle of department of mysteries was equally spectacular Mm -hmm. and then many duels involved nonverbal spells for speed but saying the incantations aloud seemed to be preferred if it was time, Voldemort using verbal spells in his duels with Harry. And the shield charm was one of the most common dueling spells. I can believe that. I wonder why. Oh, well, couldn't imagine. Potato. Um, <laughs> other spells typically used in dueling included stunning spells, the independent jinx, the full body bind curse, and the dancing feet spell. Uh, Harry used the disarming charm in dueling and could be considered somewhat unusual in a more serious and life-threatening situations, but the spell was actually one of the key spells to any duelist's arsenal. Mm-hmm. So you said the dancing feet spell, and the first mm-hmm. thing that went through my head is that scene from the third Back to the Future. 
Oh, I was thinking Footloose. Well, either way. <laughs> I was thinking Looney Tunes, so I guess we're all oh, there on we go. different pages. So, yeah. We all had the same idea, just we, we yeah. went in a different direction mm-hmm. with it. Fancy feet work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aspen wands were favored by those who inspired to be top duelists. In fact, a secretive 18th century dueling club called itself the Silver Spears because they were exclusively used Aspen wands. Some other wands for dueling included Red Oak and Rowan. Yule wands were feared in duels for their association with curses and evil magic. Uh, my wand isn't any of those. Same. Bummer. Oh. My wood is beech. Mine is holly. Beech wood with a phoenix core. Mine's a phoenix core as well. You know, I feel like I did the test online at one point, and I just don't remember what they all were. See, I know I because like my wand one. is like the wand I would. I, I, it's an Ollivander's wand. I can use it at the Wizard yeah. World. God, I just mine's, gotta go. <laughs> just mine's gotta go one there. from Ollivander's, but it's a replica of my favorite character. Oh, okay. That's fair. Nice. Is that Harry's? No, it's uh, uh, serious. Serious. Serious oh, okay. black. It's hard to tell on, on video. For the entire franchise. Mm. Great character. And mm-hmm. then winners of dueling competitions include Alberta Toothhill, a winner of the All England Wizarding Dueling Competition in 1430, famously overcome the famous Samson Wiblin with the Blasting Charm. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm curious with this. If it's the Blasting Charm, what happened? What happened to Samson? I want to well, know. <laughs> was I hope he, he wasn't blasted? That favorite. <laughs> was he blasted? That's all I need to know. I bet you he was. I, he I was looked up the description cross. if you want me to tell you. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, Confringo. Blasting cars are just Confringo. Yeah. Oh. Well, so, I mean, it's, I mean, you it's could. It causes the target to explode. So. Yeah, so he's gone. Anyway, um, <laughs> Elizabeth He's no longer uh, with Smudgling, us. Well, that didn't end well. <laughs> Elizabeth Smudgling, who won the title of a Supreme Dueler in a famous Darth Moor contest in 1379, using a spell that would be possibly her own invention, the Disarming Charm. Ooh. I wonder what spell that, that is. One. What is that spell? i never heard of that spell before. What? Never. I think it's let go of your weaponess. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh oh no drop it if <laughs> just but do the tith at the end and it's just that just yeah. makes it sound latin <laughs> or you can put the us at the end of it but i'm not quite sure how to say that either i recently had a really funny conversation with my daughter where i had to explain how if you pay attention if you know your vocabulary and you know look at the words that they often will just be descriptions you know of what it is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Latin's great. Watching the the look on her little face when I was explaining, like you know, that means this and blah blah blah. And she was like, "It all makes sense." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, with that note, we are going to take a quick mid break, and we will be right back. Wow. All right, welcome to the middle of the show, and thank you, Wendyus Bark, for chatting in for the first time. I appreciate it, and uh, tuned in and found me through Bat Night here. Yay! <laughs> so, trying to help. Uh, here we want to thank everybody who supports and listens to the show. We really appreciate it, and we are actually. Almost at 20,000 downloads, believe it or not. Super close. Where I know we're over a 16 or 19.6 or something like that. It's been crazy. And yes! we just been growing at a rapid pace. And it is phenomenal to see the engagement that yes! we're getting for the show. And uh, also, if you want us to help support the show, there's a few di- different options that you can do so. You can find us on patreon.com slash wizardworldlorecast, where you can get ad-free episodes or even have a chance to join us on the show once a month. 
You can support us on Apple or Spotify. If you leave a five-star review on Apple with some words, we'll read that out loud the next time on the show. As well as a Spotify comment, which we do have one from our last week's uh, for the Christmas one from uh, our good friend Bjorn. Uh, Great episode, guys. Loved it. Who wouldn't want to spend at least one Christmas at Hogwarts? And, you know, that is true. Like, I... Mm. I would love that and like just be able, like just think going um because if you go down to the Wizarding World and Universal or Hollywood, they actually decorate the entire um, Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley for Christmas, and they use fake snow. I guess snow. that's just gonna have. They yeah. actually do put out fake snow as well. Oh, which I is guess that's awesome. gonna be as good as it gets. I'm just gonna have to go there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then you can also find us on a few different Discord servers, the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, as well as my own uh, Discord server, the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord. And you can find us live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Tamaria. And just tuning in and or even just lurking, having the show in the background really helps us because I'm trying to get affiliate status and... I'm I'm close. I'm over 1.9, or almost at 1.9, of average viewers out of three. So I'm getting there, just a bit I'm getting more. Getting there, yeah. So every every um, follow, every watch helps and supports us. It really does. Um, but other than that, I have nothing else to add. Nina, do you have anything to add for the mid break? Not for the mid break. Nope. All right. Well, let's get right back into dueling. And look at that. Right out of the mid-break, we have the dueling effect with wands. <laughs> because it's great. Almost like that was intentional. Whoa, no way. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Don't act so surprised. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. But um, You did do that well, though. It, right? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. But, um, so surprisingly enough, dueling has rules. Can you believe that? There's rules in dueling in the wizarding world? What? Yeah, so what separates it from a duel to a brawl? <laughs> Fair. Um, so, there were rules and customs that define how a proper duel was performed and that were normally known to wizards and witches, born in the magical families even at a young age. For instance, Ron Weasley told Harry Potter some of the rules of dueling as a first-year student at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry after Harry was challenged to a duel by Draco Malfoy in 91. In the 92-93 school year, good old Lockhart formed the dueling club in which dueling er, strips were used in a system similar to that of modern fencing. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing we didn't get in the film that the book had, is Harry actually was... Oh, like literally had the intention to duel Malfoy in his first year. Yeah, he just kind of wrote him off. Yeah, they. Uh, it was oh, a trap. Really? It was a trap set mm-hmm. by Malfoy and whatnot. And but Ron like volunteered to be his like second, just in case. In the off chance Harry died, <laughs> the second is there to take their place. Just, just another normal day, first year Hogwarts. <laughs> right. Just, Again, you know. I feel the need to point out: not all Slytherins are jerks. I know. <laughs> True. Well, it's, True. it just goes back to like, oh, Hogwarts is the safest place, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and you go look and like read the books or watch the films. Like, is it? Is, is it, it though? Yeah, you said that. And the first thought that went through my head is, according to who? Yeah. yeah. Dumbledore, are you, you're joking yourself. When is this safe? When? I don't then know. Again, I don't know if it's just because they have a great hospital wing. I, ah, <laughs> screw for, ah, screw it. Like, it's safe Fine. on the terms of, oh, we don't have massacres. <laughs> well, in that case, yes. lightsabers are perfectly acceptable ways to battle because everyone has back to tanks in that world. Yeah. Fair. Uh, <laughs> um, so now in a formal duel, one wizard or witch challenged another, although it's implied that duels were not commonplace in modern polite society and the other person accepted uh they then arranged a meeting time and place for the duel draco challenged harry this way in their first year though it was really an attempt to get harry into trouble for being out of the dormitories after curfew 
Opponents bowed to one another before beginning the fight, as Lord Voldemort reminded Harry Potter before the duel in the graveyard of Little uh, Hangleton in 95. And Lockhart went as far as twirling his hands while bowing, possibly trying to make himself look more gentlemanly. However, <laughs> duelists who did not respect their opponents would not usually bow correctly, as Snape simply jerked his head, while Harry, Draco, and Voldemort barely bent their heads at all. I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't want to take my eyes off of Voldemort or Draco. True. That is true. And Snape just doesn't yeah. give. And oh, no. Nice. He doesn't care. I don't think actually, he was really well, worried about Lockhart to begin let with. Let me rephrase that. Snape doesn't care for Lockhart. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> if right. If it was anybody else, he probably would have put a little bit more effort into it. But it's Lockhart. I'm curious how much of do you know how much of the whole I've I heard somewhere or read it somewhere that like you have to maintain eye contact I mean they, they mentioned that in uh Swords or Stone how much of that is consistent because I uh it made me think that that would be a reason why Voldemort would do things like in that battle against uh uh Dumbledore where he would do stuff like the fire dragon or whatever it's like why well, that was a distraction to get you to blink or to look away um, I mean, it's probably common to keep your eye on your opponent at all times, just in case they do something crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like magic. wanting to blind your opponent during any type of fight, like if you throw sand in their eyes or get some type of debris in them, because they're not going to be able to see your wand movement either. Like, just because you have verbal commands, like, you also learn from wand movement. So if you're not watching them, then you're obviously going to miss something that way. I don't, I don't know how true. I mean, I think it would just be common, or not really common, but just a logical thing to do when you're battling somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, I just love the fact to watch, you know, like good two two good wizards dueling back and forth. I love having them like to flex spells with their wands and everything. That just looks so awesome. It's very mean, dramatic, l- l- very mean, theatrical. Yes, which mm-hmm. we learned real quick in Hogwarts Legacy, where not all yeah. wizards in the world use wands. Yeah. Which I think is wild. I, it's, I, it's a wild I concept. Love, I love that interaction with Natty. It's great. Oh, yeah, and Wackadoo, we don't use wands. I was like, what? He's like, but I've been learning Excuse how to me? use a wand. <laughs> and I yeah. just because I just love, like, you, uh, everyone here is so dramatic with wands. And I was like, I can see mm-hmm. why people appear to appeal to them now. Yeah, mm-hmm. such a flourish. It's so cool. Yep. Heck, mm-hmm. even taking your own wand to Universal and be able to do things with it is amazing which i haven't <laughs> experienced this is just me hoping to experience it this year hopefully but anyway um on to seconds which we i discussed a little bit ago uh duelists often have a second in a formal duel a person usually a trusted ally who would act as a replacement for one duelist if necessary ron weasley volunteered to be harry second in the aforementioned planned duel with draco who chose vincent crab mm-hmm right (laughs) and then there are limits to duels surprisingly i don't believe you (laughs) fair (laughs) Uh, there are a standard rule uh rule and duel that only magical means could be used in a fight uh an opponent and that were was to be no physical contact which wizardcon refers to as muggle dueling between the duelists uh, Millicent Bullstroke broke the rule when she dueled Hermione Granger in 92 in the dueling club. The much larger girl ended up wrestling Hermione to the ground and holding her neck, her, holding her in a headlock. I mean, to be, Hermione was kicking her butt. <laughs> True. But that doesn't <laughs> the only mean other way saying, to restrain it. Hey, no, I'm going to tackle you and put you in a headlock. <laughs> Because no, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying I can I can kind of understand why she would if she's not winning by magical means. She could definitely overpower Hermione. Oh yeah. Plus, I love the irony as a pro wrestling fan that you know it's considered <laughs> disrespectful for you to pull in a foreign object as opposed to just using your hands and feet and body. Whereas mm-hmm. in the wizarding world, if you are using your hands, feet, and body, that's the disrespectful one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. 
So the parties of a duel could also agree to other limits unless they were planning to duel to the death, which was only common practice in a war. For example, Minerva McGonagall informed fellow Professor Horace Slughorn just before the Battle of Hogwarts if any Slytherin attempted to sabotage their defense efforts to fight them, they would duel to kill which alarmed him. This may indicate that duelists generally agree not to use particularly dangerous and or illegal spells, such as the unforgivable curses. Which would make sense, especially right. if you're doing it as a profession. Like. Right. And, like, it made sense when McGonagall said this to Slughorn, because they were literally right about to face Death Eaters to the death. Mm-hmm. Oh, at least the Lurens get in our way. We're going to aim for killing. Like, this is war. Yeah, ain't messing around. Now, to Bat Knight's defense, not all Slytherins are evil. Because <laughs> not all of them went to the dungeons. Just saying. Mm-mm. It's true. We got you. I will say, I really wish they put in the deleted... I wish they did the deleted scene in part two of the Hollows where Draco uh, tossed Harry a wand. Like, mm. I, I love that to where it showed Draco's, like, redemption. Yes. Yeah, it's a shame. So, and then there's also practice duels. So, duels could also be used for training purposes, as the case was the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, which had a club that students could join to hone their skill in magical self-defense, led by Professor Flidius Flitwick, which occupied a room where in the dungeons of the castle where students engaged each other while overseen by a teacher. Any damage done to it was left unattended to, so the students could see them and remember the implications behind the act of dueling. Hmm. And then practice duels is also commonplace at Dumbstrang Institute, where martial magic was a prominent part of the school's curriculum. Martial magic? I wonder if it's just a fancy way of saying dueling? It is. Yeah. It's it's like martial arts for the wizard world. So, yeah, it's saying martial arts in our term, which is, you know, hand-to-hand combat generally. Right. Where martial magic would be fighting on magical terms. I guess I martial... I could be wrong, but I believe... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I guess martial in my head was just a, like a form of hand-to-hand. Like, that's what it meant was using physical means. Mm. But I, I believe that be word martial actually terminology means of the like word combative. martial. Yeah, martial is typically for like combat, essentially. Okay. So combat All magic, right. combat arts. So. Combat. Okay, that makes sense then. And then, thank you. Last but not least, we have notable duels. So we have the uh, Albatra Toothhill versus Samson Wims, uh, Wiblin. Wiblin. All England was in dual competition in the 1430, and Abata Toothhill won the competition using Confringo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Ermic uh, the Evil versus Egbert the Edgerlerius. Egregious. Words. I'm, what? I'm hearing a, a pirate's quote in my head. It's pronounced egregious. Egregious. Thank you. Okay, egregious. <laughs> Duel between Ermac the Evil and Egbert the Egregious. Uh, battle for the Elder Wand. Er, uh, Egbert defeated Emmerich and became the master of the Elder Wand. It should be noted that he only it, he was the only known wizard apart from Alvis Dormador and Harry Potter to defeat the pre- predecessor of the Elder Wand in a duel. Hmm. We have Albus Dormador versus Gilot uh, Grindelwald. Um... Dumbledore intervened when Grindelwald tried to kill Credence at the Walk of uh, Quinlan, which broke the Blood Pact. He and Gr- Grindelwald began dueling and transported to another dimension to protect everyone at the scene. They dueled until they reached a stalemate and departed. Which is the scene we get in Secrets of Dumbledore. Yes. Which is a really good duel scene, by the way. <laughs> oh, so good. And we also have another duel with uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Arguably the greatest duel in the history, Dumbledore confronted Grindelwald, a powerful dark wizard who possessed the Elder Wand, who was gaining power in the Wizarding World in 1995. Dumbledore defeated Grindelwald, who was subsequently imprisoned in Numengard, in, in what witness described as the greatest duel ever fought. 1945. Or, what did I say? 55. Oh. 45 oh, 1945 <laughs> there we go at the towards the end of world war ii 
Yes. Because that's where all this stuff is happening. Because mm-hmm. that is why everyone is fighting. So, but yeah, a lot of fun um, dueling. Uh, obviously, you can experience dueling yourself if you play Hogwarts Legacy. There is a dueling club, and generally, that's literally most of the entire game because that's combat. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you're doing. World, du- so. <laughs> dueling. <laughs> it's it, by God, it's so much fun. It is. I'm so curious. Fun. Did any of you guys use any of the uh, unforgivable? Curses in uh, in Hogwarts Legacy. So I did. I, I didn't. I learned them. Oh, because I thought they were part of the achievement to get, learn all the spells, but mm-hmm. they're not. But I still could learn no, them. They're not. they're not, which is a bunch of baloney. But I still did yeah. the quest because you get an achievement through that. Oh, oh yeah, and no, I absolutely kept, did. My wife kept telling me she's like, uh, I'm not even going to learn those. I don't want them. They're they're unforgivable. I'm not playing. She was very role playing in this, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, I'll learn them. She's like, why? I said, well, because how can I properly defend against them unless I learn them? Oh, for, you're a whole mad eye. Uh, well, Barty Crouch, but mad eye. And like, uh, right I will there. admit, I only ever used one in the game, okay. and that was never against a humanoid, or it was never against this. Uh, What's the word? A an intelligent opponent only for like beasts and animals. Oh, uh, that's fair. Crucio. I mean, I ever used Crucio, and that was if it was a beast or something. And honestly, the creatures are the ones that you have to deal. Like, I if you're going to use any curse, it's going to be on a beast because they're typically much stronger than any wizard that you will, you can easily take down a wizard in like one or two combos but if you go against like you know a graphorn or a troll you're you're going to be there for a couple minutes yeah but i still had my honor code if i was going against another wizard i never used an unforgivable oh there you go see and I, okay. that's the best thing about so i just didn't have an honor cord i guess i i don't so <laughs> my logic behind it was i'm already killing them regardless it could have been with uh, it could be with an unforgivable or not they're still yeah, dead i could have been throwing a barrel at him and that was going to be the end of their day but i don't no I don't one died in this day. they just get really big boo-boos <laughs> yeah go listen to our unforgivable curse episode um you'll notice like through that episode it's like why are these unforgivable because in hogwarts legacy you're killing people left and right without even using the curse exactly <laughs> and it was really handy when you were in a big boss fight and you had a whole i can't remember which one it was but you're like you're fighting them non-stop and i'm just like i just need one gone right and that's what the and the killing curse did for me so it was fine yeah, that's fair um yeah. but yeah i mean that's honestly the best thing about hogwarts legacy is they actually added the fact there hey, you can learn these or you don't have to learn these. Now, if you don't learn them the first time around, Sebastian can teach you later. Like, you can re- like he can teach you whenever you want. Uh, it's not like you're locked out of it or anything. But, like, role-playing aspect-wise, like, mm-hmm. it's really cool that they actually added that into the game. I really like that. Yeah. And, I thought it was um, really cool. There was something else with dueling that I was going to say, and I can't remember now. You're welcome. I just Darn. had to talk about my non-existent oh, honor court code. Go to Universal when Death Eaters are out. You can duel Death Eaters. Oh my Wait, gosh! What? Oh, you, did you not know they have Death Eaters that walk around the park at night sometimes? No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during October. <laughs> during October, they have Death Eaters, and like you, that you can actually like, uh, like duel them. Yeah. It's really cool, and like the some like I've seen a video where they inducted somebody and in like into like the order of like the Death Eaters and whatnot, and by and oh what God. what was really cool. So this is a side tangent. Sorry, everyone. Um, I've seen a video where um somebody proposed, and there was Death Eaters around, and made them do the unbreakable vow. Nice. I love and that. And I was like, that is amazing. I love that so freaking much. Aww. That is amazing. It's like, it's just like, I, and then, by the way, now my TikTok feed is literally all uh, Universal stuff. Literally my entire TikTok feed. And it's like, do you really want me to go to Universal? <laughs> yep. They're watching you on your phone and making sure that you're going. So, but yeah, a lot of fun. Um, Dueling's great. Go play Hogwarts mm-hmm. Legacy because it's great. And. Yeah. Any, any, so before we leave, um, 
Bat Knight, do you want to shout out anything that you do or you want to final thoughts or anything like that? Well, final thoughts is, yeah, I really need to make another trip down to Universal. Uh, <laughs> I always said if I, was, if I was going to live in the Wizarding World, I was going to be an Auror. This is my chance to prove it, man. Um, <laughs> as far as in you know our current world, uh, the only thing I got going for me is right now is uh, I stream on Twitch. Uh, as of this moment, it's on Sundays, Mondays, and Wednesdays, but you know things may change, and if they do, you can follow me on uh, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube. It's all daddy underscore bat night with a K. And whether it's a subscribe, a follow, or just hanging out, I refer to everybody as a fellow knight of the gaming table, and I wish them all a great day and a night night. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Nina, before we leave, we have our trivia. We do. I'm excited. So uh, last week. We got responses, uh, I saw. We did. I'm so, thank you, everybody. That's really, it really means a lot that you're being engaged in this. I thought this was going to be a great opportunity and you're definitely proving that it is. So last week, our question was, what dark magical being is present at Professor Slughorn's Slug Christmas Party? So I got a lot of responses. Um, I'm going to give the incorrect response because Bionni thought he'd be funny and say Cormac McLaren. And it's definitely Cormac not McLaggen? McLaggen. Yes, sorry. I must have Cormac typed it wrong. Cormac McLaggen, yeah. Autocorrect. Anyway, so it's not that one, but good try. Um, but he is a dark creature. He is a dark creature. He is, <laughs> but not the right one we're looking for. Uh, um, Bat Knight. A... Or wait, go on. Did you have another one? No, I have three people who did give me the correct answer, okay. which was Johnny A. Fig, Terry the Terrible, and Kay Allen. But Bat Knight, do you know Bat the creature? Knight. I I know I did what actually. It is. I I guess I wasn't on the list because I I took too many guesses, <laughs> but I did eventually <laughs> get there. <laughs> this is For... true, but and I knew you were going to be here, so I was waiting to see if you were going to have a response, but. Uh, you did get the answer, but what is the answer, Bat Knight? Uh, vampire. Vampire. Sangini is the dark magical being that was at the Christmas party. So thank you, everybody, for responding. Um, I really appreciate it. But this one that I have this week, it's not a question. It's a whose line is it anyways? Ooh. So I need to know who said this line and I thought it would be kind of funny because we're talking about dueling and you have to flourish your wands about anyway this is the line just because you are allowed to use magic now does not mean you have to whip your wands out for everything who said that I'm gonna say it one more time just because oh. you are allowed to use magic now does not mean you have to whip your wands out for everything so just like last week and the time before, send me a response in our Discord, and I will shout you out. But let me know who said that line. But other than that, I just want to also thank you, everybody who's doing the downloads. I can't believe we're almost at 20,000 just in the first month. That is amazing. Thank you so much. And until next time, yeah. see you later. Thank you for listening to the Wizard World Lorecast. And remember, yeah. the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to the Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord. You can also find us on Twitter at www.lorecast and even email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com.